feeling it, okay? I'm feeling it. Episode 111 of the MLS Aces podcast. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. I'm joined by Jason Bevang. Jason, how you doing, man? Pretty, pretty good. I like that song, by the way. Yo, that that song... definitely was high school, Wait, on, but that's a dope song. I see my baby <laughs> She said, ah, dropped my phone. Fucking Where's love that song. Music podcast. Yeah, um, so I was telling Jason <laughs> before before we did this, brand new setup, and I think I did a way for the music to come across maybe a little bit better. So fucking, I hope that worked, um, or else you just heard me singing awfully into a mic. But, um... Like oh, that, that's actually the new way we're going to play music. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, kind of hum, sing the intros. Fuck a beat, I'm going to do it a cappella. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, episode 111, we're back. It's felt like a while. We didn't get to do a full press pod last week. That's partially my fault. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put my hand up on that. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. We're yeah, all busy. Yeah, you know, I, I, I felt the salt. It's okay. I, 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 like, you put in that pass. You put in that perfect pass, and I just took a Giassi's artist's first touch and, and, and fucked it up. My hand's up on it. Don't worry. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, so I mean, we'll, we'll start here. We'll start with that. We'll, we'll we'll definitely talk about this more on our other podcast, Full Press Pod, where we talk about everything non MLS, pretty much. Um, but U.S. Women's National Team won the fucking World Cup. Like we're World Cup champs, and I mean, Woo! you're you're the you're the U.S. Women's guy, so I'm gonna let you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you go. I am absolutely, you know, as excited as I can be. Like. Ugh. It's it's something we were just talking about this before. It's something that I kind of expected, but throughout the World Cup, I was like, oh man, we have to play France. I guess the the France game would probably be the game where I was most cautious for or nervous. Then I just kind of assumed we beat England, and then when it came to Netherlands, I was just like, you know, we got this. It's a final. That mentality, it's all ours. And then you know, now that we lifted the trophy, it's fucking beautiful. Plus, I mean, second straight. Four out of the eight. That's pretty impressive. I gotta say, I'm pretty impressed. Oh well, that was me accidentally hitting back to back, and I mean, I didn't mean to play that. I apologize. Um, totally, <laughs> totally meant to play that, but fucking back to back, man. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't care if it's men's or women's soccer. Like, you know, that that's a fucking impressive feat, and we did that, and. I mean, I'm just happy for you more than more honestly than like I'm happy for the the team, because I just know that you've been like a very strong pusher and a very strong proponent in the women's game, and you know I'm I'm happy that that you can bask in another U.S. women's. Uh... I I will say I'm very happy, obviously, that we won, but uh, I feel like if if it doesn't encourage people to watch NWSL and kind of pay more attention then I don't know is it is it really that I don't want to say it's like ugh, I don't know I don't know the right word but like it it needs to encourage people to keep watching instead of once every world cup every otherwise you know it's going to be the same empty stadiums and no money and then we see teams fold and you know that's never good no, without a doubt. I mean, like, for me personally, and, and you know this from the conversations we've had, like, on and off air, it's definitely pushed me to to actually, and, you know, for however bad this, forever how, for how bad this does sound, 
Um, you know, <laughs> I was on the wrong end of it. I was on the, the the shitty end of it where I've come out before and I've said, like, I just don't get as excited for the women's game, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I didn't think I'd be as excited as I was for the women to win the World Cup. And, I, you know, I'll, like, again, my hands up. I took that Giassi's artist first touch again and, <laughs> and completely wrong. And I'm fucking so excited like i i don't i didn't think i'd be as excited as i am that you know we we won a world cup and this is the first ever world cup win while us like while mls aces has been a thing so there's another fucking you know knock up on the tally board there so it's 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 an unbelievable feeling and we'll we'll get into you know more of the nitty-gritty like i said on the full press podcast yeah coming yeah. out well on i mean Friday. one more one more thing yeah yeah, yeah. I don't want to put, like, a negative spin on it, but what I'm saying is that, like, I just want people to continue watching instead of just, like, like, obviously casual fans and stuff come out during the World Cup. Like, I have family members who probably watch soccer one day out of the entire, every four years. I'm lucky if I get a day out of my family members. (laughs) They watch, you know, the final of the World Cup, and that's it. And, you know, that's, that's fine if people want to do it that way, but all the people who are you know, big soccer fans and stuff. It's like, don't look down on the women's game because it is every bit as competitive, especially now more than ever as the, as the men's. So like, obviously, you know, you, you didn't watch it nearly that much. Um, but you know, you, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you're, you're going forward. You're, you, it doesn't matter what you did in the past always, you know, it, it kind of, how we go from here, I guess. Yeah, and I think I have a favorite team in the NWSL. Just gonna uh, Chicago uh, Red Sox. Nah, hey, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, <laughs> I think you can get it. Washington Spirit. Yeah, there's my team. Mount Pugh <laughs> and fucking Rose Lavelle. Let's go. Loves them. Um, so I didn't, you know, start this off the typical way I started off, but I have to say it. So I apologize, everyone, if this is going to go back to a little bit of a boring fucking me talking. But um, <laughs> episode 111, we're brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Um, I am Tom at MLS Aces on Twitter. This is um, that's also Jason talking at Jason Vivang on Twitter. Um, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, what's up, what's up man? Um, Sam, oh, is, is Sam is on his honeymoon, so he is not with us tonight. So congratulations to Sam doing his Congrats. thing in Florida. Um, he, he, is, he can watch. Uh, he can. He, he can watch what? Never mind. Okay. Uh, it's fine whatever he's at uncle underscore sam x i i i on twitter so go and follow us there you can also follow us on instagram at mls underscore aces and we have a website www.mlsaces.com and i'm working on i'm working on a fun blog idea i'm working on a good one uh and we have the full press pod yes i mean i've mentioned it a few times already but yes full press pod at full press pod (laughs) on twitter jason runs that um, Jason, you are the host of the Full Press Podcast that comes out every Friday. So anywhere you can find this podcast, Spotify, Insta, iTunes, all that, you can find the Full Press Pod. Um, am I missing anything? Um, no, let's get into the, yeah. you know, the soccer talk. <laughs> yeah, so let's go from like the successful part of our of the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation, at least on the field, that um, you know, as it is. And go to the the shitty part, the at least to me the depressing part of the uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation. That's the men's team. Sigh. Yeah, I it's think I think I'm gonna start 
calling this like a segment, and I, I wrote down the name. You you tell me if you like it. If not, you know, I'll change it. But I called it the Red, White, and Ugg. It's funny because later, like, uh, if you look um, maybe like 15 lines down, you wrote like, oh, current thoughts on the state of the U.S. MNT. And I was like, oh, this is basically a weekly topic at this point because (laughs) literally every single week there's another thing that comes out that we can talk about or that we can debate whether or not it's good or bad. And it's just like at this point, yeah, I like it. I mean, (laughs) we talk – it should be a segment because there's enough that it goes on that's either controversial or, you know, worth talking about pretty much every week. Well, thank you for bringing that up because it did spark a thought I wanted to say uh, during this episode. I, th- these past, like, I would say four or five episodes with all of these tournaments going on and, like, it's it just being, like, a mess of what to talk about, so much and so much to talk about, not enough to talk about, kind of get things back on track MLS-wise. I have been completely fucking, like, I don't know what to say on this mic anymore. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I'm kind of <laughs> happy that we're the. I'm happy the 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 World Cup is over. That you know we won, but I'm I'm also happy the Gold Cup is over. We didn't win that fucking sneak peek there. But like I'm happy it's over so we can get a spoiler get alert. To, get back to talking about MLS because I do miss it. I honestly. Uh, I miss it too. I I miss watching it week in and week out, and uh, you know it's back. So before we get to MLS, let's talk about the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, on Sunday, Mexico won their fucking eighth, their record eighth gold cup uh, in a one nothing victory over the U.S. men's national team. So congratulations to Mexico. And in a sincere, honest statement, I will say about Mexico first, I do have to give them credit that in not their home country, playing in the United States of America, they get way more fans, they get way more loud, rowdy fans than we do, you know, in the U.S. and I give them a hundred percent credit that even though they're crybabies, even though they time waste, even though they have offensive chants, and even though I still fucking hate them, <laughs> I'll give them that credit. There was um, more green in Soldier Field. <laughs> yes, there was way more green and white and offensive chants than red, white, and blue. <laughs> um, but. Alright, that, that's, that's, that's before we move on to like talking about the state of the U.S. men's national team or any players in specific, what did you think about the final? Like, just the final one nothing game in general, what were your thoughts? So, I want to preface this a little bit because going into this game was probably the most excited I had ever been. Not ever. Like, since... That Trinidad, you know, debacle. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know why. I just had so much, like, I was just so excited for this game. Like, I got all ready to watch it, sat down like 20 minutes before, turned it on. I'm sitting there getting all ready, got my water, whatever. I don't remember what I was drinking at the time. Probably water, you know, like a fish. Um, But (laughs) but, uh, I, I was just really hyped for this game, like, I I don't even know how to explain it. I just was really excited, and it was like the first time I really felt good in a long time. What feels like a long time. It's like the first time I really felt like I cared a lot again and was excited for it. No, without a doubt. I can, I can completely agree with you there that like we haven't had this same buzz around the U.S. men's national. Because this is the most important game we've played since – 
you know, since we didn't make the World Cup. This is the most important game we've played yeah. since the 2017 final of the Gold Cup. You know, this like mm-hmm. legit. So, uh, you know, despite every which at friend, this point feels like so long ago. I mean, it was two fucking years ago. It's it's crazy. Um, but you know, despite you know the, the whole head coaching debacle and everything like that, this is where we're the the point we're at now, and we lost the final. Um, like, not great, uh, but you know, whatever you can you can go from there. <laughs> well, so in the first like fifteen minutes, we had I don't know how many. It's probably like three or four chances. So many that were just absolutely perfect chances that like nine times out of 10, I feel like our goals and we missed all of them. And it was just like really encouraging. But at the same time, I knew deep down, like watching the game after 15 minutes went by, I was like, all these missed chances are definitely going to come back and bite us in the ass. And you know what? It ended up happening because like you, you just, if you get into that position, especially in like the international game where you're playing against some of the best players, um, best teams, like you can't just waste chances like that. Like Josie had that obvious oh. one where it's just him, and he just puts it wide, like by a few inches. And- Can we talk about that? Because like, look, I'm not gonna say like I'm a Josie fan. Um, I I like Josie a lot. I don't know who else I would prefer over him at this point. I, exactly, and there was a lot of people that on Twitter who were calling for for Josh Sargent. You know, if Josh Sargent was in there, he wouldn't have missed that chance. Blah blah blah. Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't have. I'm not arguing that point. But the point that I'm arguing is that you'd rather have a 20 year old who has like less than 10 games of professional experience under his belt in that moment, one on one with the with with Guillermo Ochoa. No, I, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I would rather take Josie out the door. The guy who has been there, has done it. Did he do it in the end? No. And that fucking sucks. And you know, it could have been an early one nothing. Um, but that miss really fucking hurt. Like, that miss, like, I get why people were talking shit about Josie, but there's still no one that we have in in any system from fucking Josie to some striker in the UCL. Uh, I'm sorry, the USL. Like, there, there's no one that I'd rather want in that position than Josie that we, that we have available to us, and he at, just didn't do it. At this point, yeah, Josie, like, Josie's... People forget he's only like 29 years old, I think. I think he's so, younger. I'm pretty sure it's 29. Or it's 28, 29. But that's really not that old. And when you think about it, like, do you really want Josh Sargent, who's 19 right now, you know, playing in a Gold Cup final? Maybe. Maybe it's really good experience for him. And maybe that's part of the argument that we were making at the beginning when this roster is released that he should have been on the on the squad at at the very least. But I think you just got to go with the people you trust. And at this point, Josie Altador has done it for us before. And like I said, nine times out of ten, I think that's a goal. And it's just it sucks that it he missed it in this game. And it, it kind of looked like he just didn't really cleanly hit the ball, and that's part of the problem. But yeah. it's just – it's a shame because I, I get the criticism, and at this point, like, when you miss a goal like that, you you know you're going to be criticized. Like, there's no doubt that that is something that a striker should make 
every single time. Oh, it's an open door for criticism, <clears throat> without a doubt. Yeah, and you know that happens, and it's a missed chance. But it's not that a couple others that were really good all added up. Just like is disheartening to start a game, and you, I was like, kind of excited about. it. I was like, wow, we're really getting a lot of chances. We're pl- looks, you know, pretty good. We're performing pretty well, and then by the second half, it kind of just fell apart. And and to, I guess like my final point about you know our early chances and then we'll get into a little bit of the rest of the game. I don't want to sound contradictory that I that I don't want Josh Sargent in this game. I would love Josh Sargent in a Gold Cup final. I think Josh Sargent would be a better second half sub than fucking bringing on Giassi's artist as as the you know the impact bringing on coming Daniel Lovitz fucking on bringing we'll get to Come Greg on. Berhalter in a minute we'll I'm get to his ass in a minute because I'm fucking <laughs> ooh Greggy Greggy B I don't like you right now um but yeah like I like I'm not like I don't want to sound contradictory because I know we said before this tournament started we want Josh Sargent on this roster and I still want him on this roster and I think he would have been a better you know sub coming off the bench in need of a goal kind of guy 1000%, over, 1000%. over his artist. But that's that. Um, Mexico really, once like we, we once we had a strong 15, 20, 25-ish minutes, I'd say, Mexico really got momentum, got to playing their they style. They settled into the game. Yeah, you know. Changed and it. Back to their whole, everything I said before, they do a lot of time-wasting, they do a lot of cheap fouls. This was another USA-Mexico matchup where there was a ton of fouls, a ton of missed foul calls, and, um, you know, (laughs) some some bullshit, some bullshit fouls that I think we'll talk about the main one next, but... um, How there were no cards in this game is absolutely beyond me. Weston McKenney. Two things we got to talk about Weston McKenney because I think we'll, we'll talk about the foul first. The fucking immediate play where he should have, whatever Mexico player it was, I don't know because I was more focused on his hands around fucking Weston's neck. Um, Wait, but before that, even he just like need Josie. I think it was oh, Josie. Yeah, no, the one where Josie the, fell to the ground and fucking. It's, it's like one whole event, I feel like. I think it was Pizarro, or it might not have been Pizarro. I don't want to throw it on him, but Pizarro's been pissing me off this tournament, too. So, fuck him. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. It was Pizarro. I don't give a shit. Um, he, like, Josie fell, and then he just, like, knee straight down into Josie. And then, fucking, it wasn't that long later where Weston got choked out with the ref staring at the fucking Mexican player whose hand was around Weston's neck. Like, Oh, it's cool. You can just choke out both the other hands. team's captain. I'm pretty sure it's both hands. The, the, the picture's all over the fucking internet. Like, and it, the ref is literally staring. He's inches away. <laughs> and I saw someone who was like, "Oh, people are crying that VAR is a thing," but then crying when they don't get when VAR doesn't overturn a, a, a red card. It, I don't give a fuck about VAR in this moment. I just give a fuck that the ref was staring at Weston McKenney getting choked, like eyes on hand, and just. Didn't call shit. That's an immediate red card. That's immediate. You should get kicked out of the fucking game. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, that the whole game, you know, was pretty chippy. It's Mexico-USA. And from the very beginning, you could tell, like, if, if he lets all this stuff go, it can get out of hand. And he just kept letting it all go. And I was like, what is, what is he doing? Like, give a card here and there. I don't even care if once for the U.S. Maybe we deserved a card at some point. We but probably did. 
We definitely did. There were times where I was like, okay, that could be a card. But, like, if you're not going to give any cards, you're going to get things where players are practically being choked, and then you're still not giving a card. Like, at some point, it's just too much to not, like, discipline. It's just ridiculous. You need to, when you're refing a game like this, you need to understand the, the the level of this game, the level of the situation, and how you need to take control of it. Um, but look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get all over the refing because at the end of the day, the the, the U.S. men's didn't perform on the field. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about Weston McKenney was that he was one of our bright positive performers on the field. He was he got the captain's armband and like oh captain my captain Weston McKenney got in people's faces when there were fouls. He was the first person running to the you know running to a, an altercation was the first person running to a foul was the first person going and talking to the ref and I commend Weston McKenney on a beautiful performance as captain and also doing what he had to on the field in order to try and get um you know the men's team to at least getting a fucking goal across the board yeah he was a good captain like he's someone i like better than Pulisic as captain see yeah i agree i always see Pulisic as more of a I feel like he's less of that, you know, vocal leader and more of just like a really good example, kind of lead by example player. Weston really gets into people's faces. He will he will come at you if you do something. Like the, for instance, the choking incident, it's because he came after one of the the yeah. players for, you know, a a bad tackle. Um and that's what you want to see out of your captain. You want to see someone who stands up for the team really, you know, has a big voice in getting the team going, getting the team, you know, uh, giving them some momentum, and then performing well on, on, the, on the field. And I think he did, you know, everything he could do in this game. I was really happy with him, his, his performance. Um, also, well, but Wesson as captain, I thought, yeah, definitely what I would like to see again. Yeah, your captain doesn't always have to be your best player. Um, I see, like, I see Pulisic more as the Clint Dempsey of of this team, where Dempsey wasn't always the most successful when he was captain. Maybe because he felt an added pressure, because he felt that he had to do more, you know, outside of his just playing game. Um, but then when Dempsey wasn't the captain, he he was Clint motherfucking Dempsey. You know, he just did what he did. Where I see Weston McKenney more as like a, a Carlos Bocanegra almost, like obviously not the same position, but uh, a guy who was stern on the field, um, kind of took care of things when they need to be taken care of off the field. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't know. I love this performance as captain, and I feel like it was worth a few seconds to talk about and give him that that praise. Um, but the <laughs> last one of the the only I, we got to talk about Mexico. We got to talk about uh, their goal. And if there was one guy, I guess, who was gonna score a goal against us and win the gold cup, I'm happy he was an MLS guy. Is that is that bad to say? I don't know. You're but... trying. You're trying. You're trying. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to spin it off as positive as I can. But Raul Jimenez, little back heel um, pass to to Jonah Dos Santos of the LA Galaxy, who scored an absolute beautiful goal. 
um, it was the the game winning goal, one nothing, and uh, it it was just it was a good Mexico goal. They they built up. It's just a, a great team build up. Got to Jimenez, who was arguably their best player of the tournament. Um, you know, rolled it off to to Jonah, and um, you know. Jonah has, is a very good player, and you can't give him that much space, and you can't give him the room there to shoot and put it away. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it sucks, but it, it is what happened. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, he placed it really well. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that's fine. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about the last thing here. Greg Berhalter uh, substitution. Oh decisions. no! The first sub. He subs uh, off. It was Jordan Morris. He subs off Jordan Morris for... Who needed a sub. Fine, he needed a sub. I completely agree with that. But I'm in a... In my head, okay, we're subbing off our right winger. That's sub on the right winger that has also played extremely well in this tournament and has shown some offensive... Um, and we were down a goal already. We were down a goal. We needed some offensive build-up play. Let's bring on a guy who's been a great offensive impact for us in this tournament. Tyler Boyd, right? That makes sense. Like, Tyler Boyd, the guy who we fucking people one time switched to get him into this fucking team. I think everyone but Greg Berhalter wanted that. Yo, even Giasse Zardis' grandma, who needs Giasse to dye his hair <laughs> yellow to see him on TV, was like, where the fuck is Boyd? Um, like... <laughs> They, why you bring on Christian Roldan in that situation? I love Christian Roldan. I have nothing against Christian Roldan, but that's just not the play. That's not the substitute choice. Okay, fine, whatever. Second substitution. I don't remember who the fuck it was. To be completely honest with you, right now, and I should have it up. This was Zardes, right? This, yeah, this. Sorry, this was bringing on Zardes. Mm. Zardes for Altador. What? And, and again, in this situation, I understand Josie Altador may have been shot. But I'm not taking Josie out the door out of this game. He can I'd, – I'd take Josie at 50% over 100% Zardis. I, Zardis is getting lucky scoring goals off his face. I, Josie has is our best striker. Whatever. We've talked about that. And then the third fucking sub. This is the oh, worst one. Oh. This is by far the worst can one. Can you take this, please? I, I, I can't. This is in, uh, what, the 80th minute? Yeah. And – Greg over there, down 1-0. It's, it's like, hmm. You know what? We need a new left back. So let's bring on fucking... <laughs> I forgot his name. Daniel, Daniel Lovitz. Daniel fucking Lovitz. At He's left the game back. changer. He's the one that's going to score us a fucking goal. For literally no reason at all. And... Ah. Uh, <sighs> This one really like pissed me off because I was like, "Oh, first sub, Roldan comes in. Maybe Pulisic then goes out wide. I don't know. You know, maybe Fine. you can justify that Fine. in some way. Second sub, maybe Altidore really couldn't keep going. He was exhausted. Fine, again, kind of no see Zardes coming in because you know he's like the only other. This is another argument for having Josh Sargent on, but um, <clears throat> that last sub like." down 1-0 and like I'm pretty sure it was around the 80th minute and you're not bringing in Tyler Boyd is like I have no words like there there's no reason that you should ever have that scenario like it just doesn't make sense in any way it's how like I want to hear him try and explain to me how bringing in Daniel Lovitz was going to help us 
get a goal because at in the that Gold point, Cup final against our at biggest that rival. point, all you should be thinking of is we need a goal. Send every fucking player up. I don't give a fuck. If you let in another goal, you let in another goal. But you need a goal. And regardless, like you want your attacking talent on there. And Tyler Boyd has shown it all tournament. I fucking I like I, you said it perfectly. I can't. I just I fucking can't. Like I, Daniel Lovitz. That's your option to score a goal against Mexico in the Gold Cup final after our biggest, <laughs> you know, embarrassing not making the World Cup and our biggest tournament since then and all that shit. Yeah, Daniel Lovitz is the fucking game changer with ten minutes left. Fucking. Um. It it was like at that point where I just was like. There is, is absolutely no reason for this, and I don't there, understand it. Is there a good reason for people calling for Burhalter to be fired already? It's not going to happen. Well, what, without no. a doubt, it, but it's not going to happen. I don't think so. I'm not there yet. I'm this not sub, there yet either. This but... sub was atrocious, and it made me really uncomfortable about where we're going because if he couldn't see that Tyler Boyd was – Obviously, like every sub that came in, I was like, it could be Tyler Boyd, but it's not. Yo, if he can't like, see that Tyler Boyd's a better fucking sub option than Daniel Lovitz, I I don't know. And we can kind of roll this into like your current thoughts on the state of the U.S. men's national team. Because I think, you know, after a major tournament, it's probably a good talking point to see where we're at mentally with them. So I'll let you go, but... Right now, your you know your state of the state of the union for the U.S. men's national team. What, what's it looking like? So, like I said at the beginning, you know, I was pretty excited for this game. I was pretty high on the U.S. men, you know, for the first time in a in a long time. What feels like forever, to be honest. Like, I was really excited and. That beginning, you know, we're getting a bunch of chances. I'm still like, hey, you know, this is good. We look good, you know. Um, we're getting chances against a, a solid Mexico team. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with this. I, I, it's bummer we're missing some of these, and it's like, like brutal. Like, come on, finish something because you've had plenty of chances. Um, and it's slowly as the game went on, like the life just got sucked out of me. And then each sub just, like, took a little bit more. And then the Lovitz sub came in. And I just, like, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't handle it anymore. I was like, why why are we doing this again? It's just, like, we waited, you know, a year. And I, everyone was pretty bothered by it to hire Greg Berhalter. We waited an entire year. positive. Yeah, we waited, but but like we waited a year for a coach, and then we're bringing up players. You know, Tyler Boyd gets his his. This is this has been a lot about Tyler Boyd, and I apologize, but it's pretty important yes. for the discussion. But he gets his one time switch. What what is it from New Zealand? Yep. Yeah, New Zealand to the U.S. to play in the Gold Cup. He gets called up to the Gold Cup. First of all, that first roster for the Gold Cup, we had our gripes with. Um, <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. But we had a whole podcast episode basically on that only. So you can go listen to that. Probably like episode 108 or something. But um, Probably in the title. You'll find it. Yeah. He, he comes to this tournament and immediately looks like the player we all kind of 
thought he would be once like I didn't really know much about him till he became a US citizen because there was really no reason for me to know much about him, I guess. Um but I instantly was like, you know, this guy is really good. I can see him as a core part of our future. There's the right winger. Uh, yeah, like there's a guy at 24 years old. He's playing for Besiktas in Turkey, you know, um, a really good player, sh- proving it already uh, internationally with the U.S. Like he he was performing really well this tournament. And then he doesn't start in the Gold Cup final. Okay, you know. I'm, you know, I don't, I could see him coming in as a sub. He doesn't come in as a sub. It, that would bother me on the surface, just like, oh, he didn't come in. But the, the fact he subbed, like, Lovitzen before him is just, like, really painful. And I, I feel like I keep getting back to this. But for, for the whole, like, USMNT, the whole state of where they're at, this kind of set me back a little bit in my opinions of them because – even if they had lost that game, I still might have been okay with, you know, how they lost because there were signs of really good moments. Like we said, Weston McKinney played well. Um, Pulisic uh, had a lot of really nice runs. Did all he could. <clears throat> what did you say? He did all he could. Yeah, and I mean, you saw some bright spots. I thought Ariola played decent. You know, he had his moments as he does, like, you know, every, like, a few moments per game. Um, you know, our defense looked pretty solid. I really liked Reggie Cannon. Loved what I saw from him. But but then there's just so much just that hangs over this team, and it feels like we just can't go forward. And, like, we take one step forward, and then it's just like, how are we back where we started? Like... I, I I guess I'm just like I'm still excited for the team going forward because we have Zach Steffen, because we have Pulisic, McKinney, Tyler Adams, you know, Reggie Cannon look good, Tyler Boyd. We have young players who are good, but if we don't use them correctly, it doesn't matter. You are way more negative than I thought you were gonna be before the fucking before we started recording. You're like, I think I'm a I'm I'm positive. I think you know. I am. Yeah, that whole Lovitz thing got me in like a bad mood, and then like I couldn't get positive again. All right. Well, here's my overall take on the state of the U.S. men's national team. Are you more negative than that? <laughs> I think I'm pretty negative, but that's also my my outlook on life in the past few years has just been a negative one. So fuck it. I just try keep to going be down. pretty optimistic. I try to be pretty optimistic in these situations, and it's just hard to be because even with all this great talent, when I see a sub like that last one he made. It's just like, why are we not using our best players? Exactly. And this is where I'm at. So, to me, making the Gold Cup final is not an accomplishment at all. With the the talent level of our talent pool, we should be making the Gold Cup final every single Gold Cup. The accomplishment is beating Mexico in the final. And for everyone saying, like, oh... We didn't have Tyler Adams. Josh Sargent would have been a game changer. Blah, 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 blah. John Anthony Brooks wasn't there. DeAndre Edlin wasn't there. Any, any, <laughs> anyone you want to say, guess what? Mexico didn't have Diego Linez, Chucky Lozano, fucking Carlos Vela just refuses to play for them. Imagine if he was in this game because he's fucking oh my red God. hot. So 
Chicharito wasn't there either. Does he have 19 goals? <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, yeah, we were missing key players, but so was Mexico, and Mexico still pulled it out one nothing over us. Like they, they got the job done. They they got the job done when we didn't. And yes, maybe they have a Raul Jimenez, a 28, 29-year-old striker who's scoring in the Premier League and doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. But we have Christian Pulisic. Like, I'm not saying that they're the exact same identical points, but Christian Pulisic has a larger upside than Raul Jimenez at this point. Christian Pulisic may be in better form than Raul Jimenez. You know, Whatever you want to argue. But it's just like, we need to be better than this. And... Do I have to say that making the Gold Cup final, only losing one nothing, and seeing positive performances from Pulisic, uh, the train's coming by again, from Pulisic, from <laughs> McKenney, we only allowed two goals the entire tournament. You know, maybe we saw some positive play from Reggie Cannon, Nick Lima impressed me, Tyler Boyd coming out of nowhere, like shit like that. Did that make me happy? Did that make me more optimistic about the future of the men's national team? Yes, but at the end of the day, it's just another failure chalked up on the fucking whiteboard. And I think there, there's pauses. There's, there's ways to move forward from this. But if we can't beat Mexico in our own region, then we're not moving forward as a country. We're just not. And, and as soon as we can beat Mexico and look like we're putting in a dominant performance over our biggest rival in our own region, then maybe we can focus on, hey, let's go play Italy. Hey, let's go play France. Hey, let's go play fucking Portugal. Maybe something like that. But at this point, we're just not there. Um, And it sucks, but it is what it is. <laughs> but we're definitely better than where we were at the end of 2017. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that if that's, you know... That's good. Any type of reassurement? uh, But I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to get into it. People, (laughs) We were pretty negative. I'm kind of sad that we were negative. I mean, it's negative until the U.S. men's national team can prove something. That's that's how I feel. At Um, this point, they owe us. uh, Yeah, they owe it to us. (laughs) No, they... they, uh, At this point, we'll get into equal pay and shit. At this point, the women should be getting paid the fucking what the men are getting paid and i'm not gonna dive into everything like that and people are gonna be pissed off and mur, 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 whatever women deserve to get paid these men fucking keep disappointing i'm moving on if you have anything you want to say you can but we can we can move on no let's move on <laughs> all right um i have a long list of players in front of you we don't have to talk about all of them they were just some players that i thought could spark some interest again we don't have to talk about all of them i want to hear your stock up or stock down on a few guys so is there anyone from this tournament overall that you're definitely like stock up like i want this guy in future u.s men's national team starting lineups um rosters whatever it may be um i think reggie cannon yep. would be my pick uh for like the for sure stock up he just really you know impressed and at right back, and like obviously Adams is that role with this system, which you know I have my own little bit of issues with. <laughs> and we have you know Yedlin and Nick Lima, so the talent's actually a decent talent pool there. But Reggie Cannon really showed that he can handle. Um, Big games. He played in the Gold Cup final. He played against Mexico. And, and he 
Yeah, and he general generally <laughs> fuck. He generally looked good. And you know, I was really impressed with that and happy to see it. I he's like what, twenty two? Yeah, he's um, young. Let me look it up. I'll look it up. Right, he's twenty one. He's twenty one years old and Hey, he's from Chicago. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um twenty one years old. Playing against Mexico, uh, I think it's all up from him, for him from here. And he's definitely someone that I would like to see on this team in the future. No, without a doubt, like uh, Reggie Ken, just the, the, maybe a little bit more that I wanted to say on him. He, him along with DeAndre Yedlin, are two great potential right back options. And maybe, just maybe, that will push. We can put Adams back in. Exactly. The maybe that will push Greg Berhalter enough to be like, ah, oh, we have two capable right backs. And even Nick Lima, who can play right back and left back. Let's maybe say put Adams in the midfield. But um, maybe I, we could finally have the Adams McKinney Pulisic midfield we've dreamt about. It's a fucking wet dream for me at this point. Um, but yeah, no, Reggie Cannon, <laughs> great pick for stock up. My stock up pick, um, definitely has to be Tyler Boyd coming into this. And we don't have to get super deep into him. We've talked about him a lot, but coming into this tournament knew very little about the kid. Um, we knew that he's playing over in Turkey on loan in Portugal, uh, you know, New Zealand international FIFA one time switch didn't really do much in the one friendly before, uh, before the the tournament started came out first game of the tournament just fucking exploded was our main source of offense for the first two games really and um you know i want to see him consistently in a starting 11 for the u.s men's national team that's definitely yeah that's pretty much i mean how do you feel about him so i know we've talked a lot about this so just like a quick quick thing how do you do you think you know him not playing in the final like that's kind of a stock down from uh, Burhalter perspective, maybe a stock. Down like for I, I'm Burhalter. not saying like, I, yeah, my opinion is also a stock up, but it's just not a good look when he doesn't get like he like you said he's the main source of you know offensive production Until in those Pulisic first couple games. I I <laughs> I have to I have to say I think Tyler Boyd overall looking at the entire tournament was a top five player on this on this u.s men's national team obviously Pulisic and McKenney took things over aaron long had a very strong tournament um you know mm-hmm. stefan looked very good himself but you you have to look at tyler boyd as as a guy who played extremely well in this tournament just definitely you know whatever um let's talk a little stock down who really really hurt themselves for you in this tournament um uh... I think there's an obvious choice, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to say it. <laughs> I was gonna say Jordan Morris to be oh, honest. Oh, good pick. Was, was that your? I feel like that, that wasn't your obvious. That was choice, not my obvious but, choice, but that was gonna be my pick, so I like it. Oh, but yeah, I just feel like more like I. I'm a big Jordan Morris fan. You know, I was sad to see him go down with that injury. Happy to see him come back and what did he score four or three in his first game back in the MLS? In MLS. Yeah. Um, I caught that, by the way. <laughs> hey, I've been getting better. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say the before. Like, I, I've noticed that I do it for, like, every league, too. But, like, not even just MLS. Oh, I so, do it, like... So, so then you're, like, universally doing it? I'm okay with it. 
Yeah, I'll be like, hey, oh, did you watch? Oh, fuck. I don't even know how to make a sentence anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, J- Jordan Morris, I just felt he did not perform very well in the time that he had. You got to start where, and didn't do anything for me. Yeah, whereas other players like Tyler Boyd, who play similar position, played much better. And so that combination is kind of like a, a really stock down, like... It's not that I never want to see him again. It's just that I I'd rather see him in some like meaningless friendly at this point. I'm okay with him as like a bench piece at this point. Um, you know, but whatever. Possibly like a 20 minute guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a five minute guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I stock down for me, and you know, this is gonna seem very like, oh, I fucking hate the guy, but Michael Bradley really, really just. I don't know. There was some. He had some excellent plays in the group stage, and he made some key passes, and and did he his makes thing. he makes a lot of great plays and a lot of terrible plays. You could argue that the goal for Mexico all stemmed from Michael Bradley not getting back enough on a ball, not being fast enough to get back on on a pass that really started it all. So I'm not going to describe it. You can go back and you can watch and and look for yourself. And I'm not one of those Michael Bradley haters. Uh, You know, I think you and I have talked about it on this podcast, definitely, that (laughs) there's still room for Bradley in the roster, and I don't want Bradley kicked off the roster at all. Maybe just not a starter anymore. I don't know. Maybe just give the bald-headed guy a – maybe he's a 20-minute guy coming off the bench. I wouldn't mind him replacing Tyler Adams as a defensive midfielder. I wouldn't be upset about that at all. If we can play Tyler Adams (laughs) at his position, like – that's my main main gripe. Like I did, I thought you know Bradley didn't perform well either, but you know what? Like, uh, what am I trying to say? You distracted me by cutting all that stuff. Sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Tyler Adams at his position. Yeah, I don't think really Will Trap, who is probably oh, no, Berhalter's second option there, Done. is Bradley Will Trap, and then. Is that it? Is that like our little death chart I mean, for that should, position? It should be and it Adams, Bradley, Roldan. I, I'd fucking take Roldan playing the defensive midfield right now over... Uh... Yeah, but Berhalter doesn't like that shit, which makes me feel just like... Like, this. why are we not using Tyler Adams there? Especially, I know you deleted it, but I had one more player I want to talk about. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. Reg, Reggie Cannon, like... At right back, Yedlin at right back. It looks pretty good. Where And, like, Tyler Adams could go to his position, something that we sort of really need to fill at this point. And that should how, that's how it should be. I forgot this started as, like, a Michael Bradley down version. But, yeah. yeah. But that, that's, it's all connected. It's all connected, man. Definitely. Um... All right, so I started this podcast by saying, hey, MLS is back. And we talked Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one question about our stock up, stock down. Yeah. Um, Nick Lima. Ooh. Stock up, stock down. Um, I'm gonna say stock up, but not at right back. Stock up at left back. I think he impressed. He I can, like that. Actually. He can do both, and he impressed. And I think Reggie Cannon just outplayed him at right back, completely. Fine, That's what whatever. I was going to say. That's why I wanted to talk about it because Reggie Cannon 
looked really good in the final, and he, you know he played arguably the more important games. So, but if we look, if we're looking at Nick Lima playing left back and and fighting for maybe a starting job with Anthony Robinson, whoever else you're gonna you know you're gonna push for. I'm well, not he really likes Daniel Lovitz. So. Yeah, fucking Daniel Lovitz. Watch <laughs> out. He means the left back of the future. Um, I actually really like that. That made me feel a lot better. Nick Lima, stock up at left back. There you go. That, that's my po- Stock down at right back, but I think stock up at left back if I had an opinion. All right. Are we, are we good with U.S. Men's National Team Talk? Yeah. We're right. good. So MLS, let's go. Yeah, MLS do, is back. Fifty minutes ago, I did say that. And, oh my uh, god! Yeah, we've been talking. It's okay. I like it though. Um, we've been going. We just Are we talk- still doing that. We might still do the other one tonight. Oh fuck! Forgot about that. Let's <laughs> do that. Um, it's like MLS news. A lot of news has circled around. Some players, some signings, because the transfer window is open. Um, let's talk about another U.S. men's national team player, because why not? We're just doing that. Uh, Zach Steffen, who was a good pur- segue. <laughs> who was purchased by Manchester City, um, officially, I think, traveled to, to Manchester yesterday when you're listening to it, um, and has, I think he's going to spend a day there and has officially been loaned out to Bundesliga side Fortuna Dusseldorf for the 2019-2020 season. Um, so if you guys don't know who Zach Steffen is, he's our starting U.S. national team goalkeeper. <laughs> Probably should know who that is. Um, <laughs> over Between playoffs and between regular season, has over 80 games playing for the Columbus crew. Um, when he did come over... Um, two major league soccer had some appearances in the USL 2018 MLS best um, best 11 player 2018 MLS goalkeeper of the year only 24 years old Zach Steffens the dude he's that fucking guy and um, you know I'm happy he's being loaned out to you know a, a, a level of talent as a Bundesliga side um, am I happy it's Fortuna Dusseldorf no but you know, they're a top 10 team in the Bundesliga. I just hope that he gets minutes and he starts. That's honestly where I'm at. Why are you unhappy that it's Fortuna Dusseldorf? I mean, like, I, I guess... You want real- Champions League, maybe? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess realistically, like, it, Fortuna Dusseldorf's a perfect spot and a spot that, you know, he's going to be starting. Yeah, yeah I, it's a really... I kind of like it. Maybe that's fine. Maybe I'm just like, no, Zach Steffen's our keeper. He should be starting for fucking Bayern Munich, and I want this now. (laughs) And like, maybe that's where I'm at mentally. Maybe I'll 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 look at myself. That one's on me. Again, hand up. Jassy's artist first touch. It's fine. I kind of like it. I just I feel like it's almost a perfect spot for him to get a lot of minutes, play in a good league. I don't know. I like it. If he starts, I like it. There you go. That that's that's my opinion of the of the move. But congratulations to Zach. Um, you know, just as we all became uh, Leal fans to watch Timo Weah next season, we are all Fortuna Dusseldorf fans to watch Zach Steffen kill it in net. Um, Vancouver Whitecaps they made their loan deal for left back Ali Adnan official and officially official officially and have signed um, him to a long term deal from Udinese in the Serie A. Um, Adnan so far for Vancouver has 16 regular season games under his belt, a goal, three assists, and has really been you know one probably the best player on that back line both 
getting up into the attack and being a defensive presence. Um, I love the move. I wrote a piece on Ali Adnan for the for you know our website MLSAces.com. Um, I really think that he is one of the better left back talents in Major League Soccer right now, and I'm happy he's staying. I think it's a smart move from Mark Dos Santos and the uh, and the Whitecaps organization. Couldn't agree more. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah, I can. Um, the Columbus crew signed goalkeeper Eloy Room from PSV. Uh, obviously, goalkeeper for Curacao, uh, who was the easily the best play, best goalkeeper in the tournament. Um, okay, I wrote that in the notes. I wrote he, in my opinion, was the best goalkeeper of the tournament. You didn't have to say it was yours if he wasn't. Where did you even put that? Did I not put that? I didn't that? even see that. Oh, that's in my notes next to me. I, we are on fucking the same page, man. Yeah, he. Was, I loved him this tournament, man. I Fantastic. was really... Fantastic. <laughs> Yo, I was okay. like, wait, you wrote that? Was that your opinion? I was like, Guillermo he was definitely Ochoa the... Being named goalkeeper of the tournament can suck a fat one. Eloy Room dominated. He was good. He was really good. And obviously the crew are losing Zach Steffen now. This is a great pickup for them. Like, I, I'm really impressed with this pickup. No, I mean, he's like he's done it in CONCACAF. He's won um, in the Eredivisie with um, Vitesse and with PSV. He's he's has a Dutch background. He's a starting keeper for Curacao. Yeah, he's 30, but he can play another fucking 10 years if he really wants to, probably. I, I, I love mean, he move. could definitely play, you know, at least five solid years. Exactly, and exactly. You and get five years out of him, that's... I mean, that's really good, and they need a keeper right now. Like, that is a, a hole they're going to fill. They're going to have to lose one of the better keepers in, in MLS in Zach Steffen. And, yeah, I mean, that I, I'm really high on that move. I think it's awesome. I was never sold on Joe ben- Bendick, so bringing in Eloy Room, fantastic. Um, the fire could have done it, would have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Cronholm, we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh. Um, Usted, Usted should be starting. Yeah, I don't know why he's not, but because me, we are incompetent. <laughs> let me talk about the last move that isn't on the notes, <laughs> um, but happened after I typed up the notes. Toronto FC they signed Venezuelan winger Erickson Gallardo from Zamora FC. Gallardo is 22 years old. He's been playing for Zamora since 2014 and has over 100 appearances um, in the Argentinian first division. 13 goals. Wait, you said he's 20? 22. Oh, oh, that's actually still that's nice. He's very young. Uh, thirteen goals, twenty-two assists. He has one cap for the Venezuelan national team. I'm not saying he Gallardo is going to be a game changer in my opinion, but I think adding him to an offense along with Pizuelo and Josie out the door, I wouldn't be upset about it if I was a TFC fan. <laughs> It really changes our where they're going to finish from last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, uh, do I still think that they need to fix some issues on the back line? You signed Omar Gonzalez as a, as a piece to try to fix the back line. He hasn't played a game for them yet. I'll hold off judgment until he plays. I learned that today <laughs> on Twitter. I, I, I take a step back from my Omar you know, criticism, but 
It is what it is. Um, TFC still It's has, warranted, for yeah, sure. TFC still has some work to do, and like I said before, <laughs> the transfer window has opened, so get ready for a slew of signings, a slew of sales. Um, the Galaxy, they're gonna. They're rumored to be making a big one themselves. Uh, apparently, Christian Pavone is on his way to the Galaxy, but we'll see. And speaking of the LA Galaxy, fucking hilarious from this week. <laughs> one of the best fucking news of the week. LA Galaxy spelt Zlatan's last name wrong on his jersey for their game against TFC. And my new Urbahimovic. Fav- my, my new favorite player in Major League Soccer is Zlatan Urbahimovic. Fucking hysterical. <laughs> if you didn't see the picture, go on to our Instagram now, MLS underscore aces. I posted it there. Um, I'm surprised, like, he was allowed to play with that. It's like, just a name. I mean, like, I could Yeah, I guess it, like... so. I don't really know how it works. Fuck yeah. it. I'm not the real maker. <laughs> <laughs> um, last piece of news. Nick Armando played in his 500th MLS game in RSL. 500th. 500th? <laughs> Fifth hundredth, five hundredth. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm tired. No, I actually kind of like fifth hundredth. That sounds kind of funny. Yo, I like that. I'm exhausted and we have to record a second I mean, technically, game. you're Fuck. not wrong because it's his fifth hundredth game. Oh, okay. I like it. Thank you. There Spin you go. Zone. Spin zone. Um, <laughs> in um, RSL's one nothing loss to San Jose. I mean, you wrote it next to his Fuck. name, so I'll, I'll give it to you just to... What, what, what is Nick Ramondo? He's a legend. Absolute Legend. Is he's the first to ever get to 500, right? I think I saw that. Maybe. That's Let's all see. It. MLS games leaders. I'll look it up. You keep all right. going. All right. Okay. I mean, the ne- the next thing is to talk about some MLS action. So I, I, I'll. It's fine. I can I can wait if you if you don't have it yet. I can just keep talking like this and you know get very annoyed listeners right now (laughs) no just kidding um but so we're gonna get to some mls action we may not talk about all the games that i planned on talking about because this episode's run a little bit long with some u.s men's national team talk he's got he's gotta be it doesn't have a a games played it has a minutes played and he's over five thousand. Oh, i would say you know, fuck it. For for our point of view and our standpoint, most games ever. First to ever get to 500. Congrats, yep. <laughs> congrats to Nick Romano. First player to ever play in his 500th game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, so week, week... I'm going to use that for everything now. 500? Can I have my 500th dollar bill, please? Well, it could be like, uh, man, did you see uh, like Pulisic when he got his... First hundredth cap. His his third hundredth goal for the U.S. Men's National Team. He's fifty-five. In, in his first hundredth cap. <laughs> <laughs> He's scoring at a three goals a game rate. Fucking, you see Don Garber gave out his fifth hundredth kind of allocation money to, to the teams. That's what happened? I said, did you see Don Garber gave out his fifth hundredth type of allocation money to Major League Soccer teams? <laughs> So, again, All right, we gotta move on. The listeners are like, "What the fuck are these guys talking this, about?" This is just where we where we get off the rails. We're going back on the rails. MLS action. <laughs> week eighteen happened. Um, most games you will see in one week happened this past week. So we again not going to be touching on all of these games. Sorry if you're a fan of a team that we're not going to touch on. We're going to talk about the more interesting teams and games that happened over the week. So. Sucks to suck, RSL fans. Um, let's start with my team. Let's go NYCFC. Uh, they had two games this week. 
and I was very happy and then got very upset. NYC, <laughs> so NYCFC played midweek against the Seattle Sounders, one three nothing, dominant win at that point. You know the Sounders lost four of their last five, um, and we still didn't have a lot of our first team options because Sean Johnson isn't there. Ronald Matarita is just getting back into the mix from the Gold Cup. Um, a Bear Matarita, um, they're kind of still figuring out their injury bug. So we get into Sunday with a U.S. Open Cup game. On the horizon this week, you know, tomorrow, or today, the day you're listening, U.S. Open Cup games are tonight, so make sure you turn into those. But Wait, what the? Oh, fuck, man. You really missed Ledley. I was like, wait, why do I not have these on? I looked earlier, and there was nothing to watch. Yeah, man. It's, it's, come on. You got it. You got it. Um, NYCFC was <laughs> their second game of the season, one nothing to, to, to the Portland Timbers. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I just... I just, they're like Jaws, man. They're coming. <laughs> I, so I'll, I'll say this, and I'll let you say what, what you want, whatever shit you're going to talk. NYCFC, first loss since March, 12-game unbeaten streak, second loss of the season. It sucks. It was going to happen. That, that, that loss was going to come around the corner, and we we struggle against Portland in the regular season. Don't know why. At home or away, we just struggle against Portland. But... I do have to say, this is the first time that Brian Fernandez didn't score in a game that he appeared for for the Portland Timbers. One, that's absolutely fucking nuts because he's been with the team for, for a few weeks now. And two, great defensive accomplishment from NYCFC. I mean, you still lost. Hey, hey, okay, fine. <laughs> you, you, you want me to defend my team more? I'll defend my team hey, more. Yeah, great defensive play in a 1-0 loss. <laughs> Okay, ready? Here you go. I, I wrote out I wrote out notes for me to defend my team more. A great game from the stupid Portland Timbers who played, <laughs> you know, they, they, they got their style, they created their chances, blah, blah, blah. But you also played against an NYCFC team that is not full strength due to injury, due to people away at Gold Cup, due to people away in international action, whatever it may be. And a squad who's preparing for a quick turnaround for a U.S. Open Cup game in a few days, and who just played midweek against your rivals. So, suck on that one, Timbers fans. You didn't beat a full-strength NYCFC team, or an NYCFC team that probably had any interest in playing you on Sunday. And Dude, you're getting so salty. I'm not a Timbers fan. I'm not arguing to you. I'm arguing to the Timbers fans out there who are talking shit. And <laughs> if you didn't see the fucking TIFO that um, the third rail put up, fantastic fucking tifo i'll send that over to you was it something racist and, mm, we, we, we are we are a non-racist podcast it just so happens that nycfc is, is a little you know they have some fans who, they have a few bad what is it bad eggs yeah they got a few bad eggs is that but thing it, that is um, so yeah. I'm sending over a picture to you right now from the TIFO from the third rail that they pulled up that game. Fucking hysterical. Uh, I it. okay. And, yeah. and w- once you look at it, I'll, uh, I'll describe it. I'm looking for it. I mean, it's, it's, I sent it to your Twitter. I found it. Oh, Jesus and Mero. Good guys. I like well, them, actually. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, is... Is a giant yeah. Timberland boot and the fans holding up a Tim's army with all the fucking Tims in the crowd. 
like funny because why is it on like a hardwood floor or something? That, that was a picture. Bef- that was a picture of all the boots that they're holding up. Like that's like two separate pictures. Oh, oh, so that's not that big. I no, see. it's it's a bunch of fans holding up Timberland like mock Timberland boots saying Tim yeah, Army. It's, it's, Tim, that's actually yeah. funny. Yeah, they say like so that. funny. You, you you're laughing so much right now. It's fine. Whatever. I laughed a lot. It's fine. <laughs> Do right. you have anything you want to say about NYCFC, or we want to move on to your shitty team? Oh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't actually trying to talk that much shit about. <laughs> it always happens when I want to talk about my team. Shit gets talked. It just always happens like that. I mean, because you have two teams. And I have one, of them... one team. Both of your teams are really fucking good. Okay, that's what you wanted to hear. That's what you hear. Thank you. Uh, my team, not so much, okay? It's a little segue. We have our moments. We have our not good moments. It's the story that, you know, last 50 years, I feel like, besides, you know, the first five. And, yeah, it's an up-and-down team. Well, do you want to describe what happened? So, <laughs> midweek, we go to Atlanta. Yeah. No, it was, it was at home. It was at home, I'm pretty sure. We'll go with that. And when we, Atlanta comes to us. Because you guys can't win on the road. And we win. <laughs> I was about to say the score, man. We're, we win 5-1 to one over Atlanta. Like, huge. That, that feels good. Absolute domination. The goals kept on coming. You know, it, it was fun. There's a red card. There was goals. Sapong had two goals. <laughs> uh, Gaetan had a goal and three assists. Calvo had a goal and assist. You know, there were signs of life. I felt really excited about it. I was like, hey, there's still a chance. You know, we, we still have a chance at, you know, making the playoffs. A- yeah, and you know, there's been a lot of shit moments in our last, what, be minus 2017, which is a bit of an outlier at this point. 20 years? Yeah. Okay, you didn't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then we go to uh, Kansas City. I don't know. Was you, that home? You Wait. did go to Kansas City. You yeah, go, go to Kansas City. Lose 1-0 on Saturday. Pretty much like a completely different performance. It just did not feel good at all. And it's just... Uh, Unfortunate, you know. I did you click on my little link I put yeah, in there? I did click on your link. Yeah, it's sad, man. I, it's just the story of this team. It's just win one, lose one, maybe draw in there, lose again, maybe get a win five weeks later. It's just like at this point, it's like every five weeks we can get a win. It's just like, and that's it. My description, if you had to, like, ask me to describe the Chicago Fire with, like, some type of, like, movie character or some shit like that, like, I would describe them as, like, Harvey Dent or Two-Face from Batman. Like, I'm not the biggest, like, comic book guy. All I know is that he has two sides of his face. Yeah, two faces. There you go, two faces. And (laughs) the Chicago Fire are just that two-faced club. You're either going to get the team where the offense is clicking, where... Fucking Sapong scoring, Gaetan dishing it out, Frankowski and Katai are on fire, and everyone's playing their role. Or you're going to get the team that 
just misses wide open shots, that nothing looks connected, that the wingers aren't distributing as well as, you, as you've seen them do in the past, the back lines allowing runs, and they lose one nothing, or you're going to get a 5-1 win. It's 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 completely mind-blowing about how dominant the fire looks some weeks and how dominant they should be week in and week and out. And how poor they look. And then how fucking poor they look. Like, this was... I wrote this down. You have ten of your eleven starters from Wednesday starting in the in the game against SKC. And yes, you're going home away. Yes, it may be tired legs, whatever you want to say. But overall, this season they've shown this flip flop identity, and that that didn't change once again. It's just in the story. I feel like for more than this year, just for a long time, there's talent there, but it's not always utilized or it's not always given or performing. Like it's just, it sucks, man. Really sucks. Two things about fire. I have a question about when, when you're ready. I think that I'll just say this and then you can ask your question. If these next two weeks or so really will make or break this team, if, if we can get six points, six to nine points, in the next three weeks, great. You know, that that's huge. Like, possible playoff spot coming for us. Pretty much. Yeah, we'd pretty much be we'd be above the line, most likely. Yeah. But um, if we, you know, fail in some of these games, which aren't going to be the hardest teams. We have Cincinnati, we have Columbus, and then we have Philly. So Philly is going to be pretty difficult, but... Cincinnati at home and Columbus at home, that's potential six points. And Columbus might be a little bit difficult. Sorry, Cincinnati, you're just not there yet. We should win this game. And I think this is going to be an interesting couple weeks for the fire. And that kind of leads into one of my questions. How do you feel about Velko Panovic? I see a lot of fire fans not happy with the guy want him out and are saying as long as Panovic is in charge – we're not going to do well. Um, and then I others, I see other player, uh, fans that are saying, like, it's on the players. Panovic is doing the best he can with, you know, the players he has and the current situation of the team. I, I'm, I've i always been a Panovic fan up until this season where I'm really like, maybe he doesn't have an idea. But, you know, as someone closer to this team, closer to the city, what, what what's your opinion? So... I've when we got him, I was like pretty excited, knowing what you know. Didn't he win like the U twenty World Cup or something? something he had like done that. something pretty yeah, big. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the argument against him is he's more of like a tournament coach than a a league coach, which is a thing. Like, like, yeah. I mean, in a tournament, it's less games. It's more form based. I'd say in some ways, and it's kind of like. There's some changes, but you can roll with the same team pretty much. But I think the biggest problem a lot of people have is that there's not a lot of changes from week to week, tactically, that are going to, you know, maybe help. It just feels, in some ways, it's just he's not doing enough. I With the talent on the fire, the, the talent that we have, we should be making the playoffs. Like, I don't see how 
were not above that line at times. Um, we're the only team below the line in the East with a positive. Actually, the West has no one with a positive, but Orlando City has a zero goal differential. We have plus two. And it's just unfortunate to see, you know, a team with a lot of talent kind of be wasted. It just sucks. Without a doubt, you guys have a shit ton of talent, but you're also lacking talent in some spots. Nikolic hasn't been the same guy for you in the past. Um, But, you know, it it sucks. I get it. Trust me. Being a a fan of plenty of sucky fucking sports teams, I I get it. Um, My last question was, did you see the big announcement today? with uh yeah chicago fire yeah we the- are officially out of stubhub but no it's sea geek oh, oh shit oh, oh. <laughs> um they're not a sponsor don't worry um but yeah no starting 2020 you guys are allowed to play games outside of sea geek stadium mm-hmm. and yeah it was like fantastic. 65 million yeah it was a lot of money but it's it's big. It's definitely a big big uh, thing going forward. Uh, I guess it's not like guaranteed that they'll play in Soldier Field, it's but not. it's basically guaranteed. I'd say maybe not. I don't know if I should say that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited saying. about it. it. It's definitely needed. It's a change that like was super necessary. It just sucks getting out to Bridgeview. Um, yeah, but the fire's but the, coming the, home. The whole, yeah, I mean, hopefully with the World Cup. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the whole rebrand that possibly will go with this, I am against because I don't feel that there is a huge need for a rebrand. And even if there was, like, take some time with it. Don't fucking change it to. What was it, Chicago City Chicago or something? Chicago City SC. So unnecessary. Like, the Chicago Fire, like, I get that when you type in Chicago Fire, it comes up with the show. If that's, show, uh, by the way. I've never seen it, to be honest. Um, You're just angry about it. <laughs> it comes up with the show, which is annoying. Show. And as, like, a, uh, what, a GM or owner of the Fire, it would be like, why the fuck are we not coming up first? But you can add this. The SC is technically in the name. It's technically Chicago Fire Soccer Club. They just don't, don't really use it. So just fucking add, maybe make a little bit of a new logo. I don't know. I'm not like like in love with the logo, but I'm not like totally against it. Love the name, hate the logo, in my opinion. I'm not crazy about the logo. I don't really mind the logo. I think it's kind of unique, especially now compared to... Um, a lot of the logos currently, but um, if it needs to be a, a rebrand, just don't make a total rebrand. No one wants Chicago City SC. It just like it takes away a lot of the identity of the team. Without a doubt, I'm I'm completely with you. Um, let's move on. We got to talk about you know apparently my other favorite team, LAFC, um, and. I feel like we talk a lot about them, but at the same exact time, it's like they completely deserve they justify us fucking it. talking about they them. They make us talk about them every week. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to talk about you, but goddamn, you scored 11 goals in one fucking week. Um, LAFC, if you guys didn't see or didn't watch, 
they went out midweek against Sporting Kansas City on the road and beat them 5-1. And then later on, on Saturday, um, they were at home in this one, defeated Vancouver Whitecaps 6-1. That's insane. The uh, The Vancouver goal was just an, it was a mistake, a stupid little mistake that, you know, I think they completely made up for by scoring five more goals than the other team. But... <clears throat> I'm not going to get into like nitty-gritty details here. They started a, a strong 11 against SKC, then subbed out a few guys. They subbed in Mohamed El Monir, Dijon Jakovic, Lee Wynn, and Adama Diamande in the Vancouver game and won by even more goals. Um, over these two games, Vela scored three goals, had two assists. Diego Rossi had two goals and two assists. Christian Ramirez had a goal and an assist. Diamande had a goal. Uh, Rodolfo Zelaya, who finally got on the field for them, had a goal. Mark Anthony Kay had a goal. Edward Atuesta had an assist. Lee Wynn had an assist. Everyone's fucking contributing. I mean, obviously, Vela and Rossi completely just leading the way. But everyone is contributing. Everyone's in the rotation. Latif Blessing gets minutes. Fucking everyone's just getting minutes. And they're doing all... All of this without Walker Zimmerman, Tyler Miller, Peter Lee Vassell, who are all coming out, um, coming back from the Gold Cup. And like you said, Jason, watch out, League, because LAFC is not slowing the fuck down. I feel like you muted your mic, man. I'm just going gonna, gonna to point that one out. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> um, anyway. Typical Jason. LAFC, they just they keep on winning. And you can't look away because it's just goal after goal after goal. They're so after fucking goal good. After goal. And it just... I, I was uh, playing FIFA with my brother. And we had the game on the other screen. And I'm sitting there and I, I like look over... And then I look over and it's like 2-0. And I look over and I look back and it's 3-0. And I'm like, what the? Like, how? It's just, it's just nonstop. They like just keep scoring. And I don't know how they do it. <laughs> like, it, they're, they're a class above at this point. It's them versus everyone. It's just like, I don't know, two everyone years. Everyone else is playing for second. It's LAFC versus everybody. Um,. Like two years ago, we had Toronto FC pull out the the record fucking season and all this shit. They won the treble and blah blah blah. They built a super team. They're not gonna lose. Whatever. Last year, we had Atlanta United and the Red Bulls break TFC's record. Red Bulls, you know, squeaking it out and and, and winning <laughs> winning that record battle. Um, but you know, Atlanta United building a super fucking roster, super team, and going to MLS Cup and winning it. This season, fucking LAFC turns around and fucking does it, and you have Carlos Velos looking to destroy Josef Martinez's um, goal-scoring record and the overall points record, and a team that's you know looking to to win the treble with the U.S. Open Cup, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup. Like it's LAFC. Like, it's just like I know that. Like, I know I keep talking about them. I know they're my second favorite team, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. But, like, they're just so fucking good. <laughs> like, they're just, like, they're fun to watch. They've and scored just so... 50 goals in 19 games. It's, and it fucking almost half of those 50 goals are from Vela. Like, that's ridiculous. It allowed only 16. Like, in my opinion, you have to think that 
Vela's like not on the team next season, or if he is, that's completely by his choice to want to stay and play in Major League Soccer. Uh, Diego Rossi's definitely gone next season with the way he's been playing. Like he's gonna get sold somewhere, and it's just like Bob Bradley has put together a wonderful team, a team with somehow has a stupid amount of depth and. They'll just keep doing it, but I don't want to keep on, you know, just harping on LAFC is really fucking good, but they're really fucking good. <laughs> they're really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, another team that's really good that I feel like we haven't given the love on this podcast. We've given some love. I don't think we give them enough love. The Philly Union, you know, hashtag dupe. Um, best fucking mascot in Major League Soccer, by the way, Fang. <laughs> Fang's a beast. I fucking love him. A few weeks ago, he was hanging out with um, Wu-Tang Clan, and apparently Fang has this thing, it's the Wu-Fang Clan. I fucking love that. Um, but the Union are atop the East right now. They played two games against Orlando City this week. Um, on the road, they won 3-1 midweek, and then at home came back and scored a uh, you know a dagger at the last minute from Casper. I can't say his last name, uh, for a 2-2 draw to save a point at home. This team, really fucking good. Uh, they they don't have that one superstar. They don't have that one guy. They I thought they signed that guy, or a lot of people. I just kind of down on the move a little bit, but a lot of people thought they signed that guy in Marco Fabian to, to be that guy. He's going to score a ton. He's going to set up shit. He's I gonna, thought he was going to be that guy. He's going to be what Carlos Vela was to LAFC, right? And he hasn't been able to stay healthy, hasn't been able to stay on the field with suspensions and, and injury issues and whatever. He's back. Uh, you know, of course, the game, he comes back and he's in the starting lineup. It, they draw 2-2 at home. But it's... Everyone else is just doing the dirty work. Jaime Montero, um, Caster, Casper, the friendly ghost. You know, they he's they're just doing it. They're doing great fucking things. Fafa P Colt has has done great things this season. I absolutely love this Philly Union team and the way they're playing and the how they're winning. They're not winning the LAFC way. They're winning the 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 gritty Philly uh, Philadelphia Union way. Yeah, I mean they've allowed. 28 goals, that's a decent amount of goals allowed, and they just grind out wins. I mean, they've scored 39, so obviously plus 11. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that just grinds it out, and they're fun. They're not going to get your, you know, 5-1, 6-1 week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're going to have weeks where they, they win, and people just – it's just, you know, another win for for Philly. They look good. And exactly. they're funny. I, I like Fang. I, I saw a video um, where he just, like, destroys a Red Bull's car. Yeah, a but car that had Red Bull license plate on it. He just took red a fucking car. Yeah. bat to it. That, right. that video is so funny. Apparently it's fake. Whatever. It's <laughs> stupid. And I still love it's Fang. still hilarious. Still I don't even Fang. care if it's fake. Um, I just to give more credit to to, to to our friendly ghost Casper. He had a brace in the the midweek game against Orlando City to lead three one. Even though you know there was two red cards in that game from Orlando City, so they were down to nine men. Whatever, still Union taking advantage of it. And then um, I mentioned it earlier in the two two draw on Sunday. 90th minute, Casper comes through and scores a dagger to to steal a point. Um, just you know, it, 
two two Casper the friendly ghost. Yeah, Casper the friendly goal scorer. Um, <laughs> fucking, I really like that. Thanks, man. I, I thought of it all by myself. Um, That's well done. Coming away with a two two draw, not having Austin Austin Trusty in the starting lineup, starting Aurelian <laughs> Collin. Yeah, Aurelian Collin's still in the league. Um, and starting Marco Fabian over Jamie or Jaime Montero, who Montero had two assists in the game earlier in the week. Like with some roster turnover and some roster change, you're still pulling away points. Like Union, that's a you know they're doing they're doing it right, and I do have to give them a ton of credit for a team that no one predicted to be in this spot. Um, let's skip over the next game on on the schedule. Colorado Rapids, <laughs> New England. Hey, My I favorite game. I was gonna give them a ton of fucking credit because they that game deserved it. The team, both teams are hot. The Rapids had their seven game win streak snapped. The Revs are now on a uh, sorry seven game unbeaten streak. Revs are now on a seven on a seven game unbeaten streak of their own. So I had to give it to them there. Um, I don't want to talk about how the Revs are doing well hey, you know, above the fire. Hey, Sam, we don't have to talk about it. Sam was high on the Revs to start the season totally by accident, but it's fine. <laughs> Did he have him, like, in third? Had him in fifth. Had him in fifth. <laughs> Insane, man. Um, let's talk Sam, about it. you got it. I think this was the best game of the, of the week, for sure. Atlanta best United versus New York Red Bulls. Um, you know, not an, a quote-unquote official MLS rivalry, but I think a rivalry nonetheless. Um, this game finished in a 3-3. This is, this is a better rivalry than those dumb, like, official MLS rivalries. Oh, this rivalry this is so much This one was better. born from just, like, hate and play on hate. the field. Yeah, which is what rivalries should start as. Without a doubt. That, I'm so happy we agree on that. Um, but this game finished in a 3-3 draw, but the way it finished in a 3-3 draw, fucking incredible. Um, so heading into stoppage time, this game was tied at 2-2. Yosef scores one minute into stoppage time in front of the home crowd, 3-2, fucking looks like Land United is going to pull this one away with, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's taking a, uh, a page out of Casper, the friendly ghost's fucking book of scoring in stoppage time and picking up a win at home or picking up points at home. Two minutes later, back from the fucking dead, that gif where the fucking Undertaker shoots up in the coffin, Bradley Wright Phillips, he's <laughs> back. Perfect. He's here. He's back from his fucking knee injury. Um, he scores to tie the game up at 3-3 on the road. I, he's he, he's not the same Bradley Wright Phillips of old. He, he's not in the same form he's been. He's not just scoring stupid fucking goals and tap-ins and, like, I hate the guy, but I just respect him so fucking much at the same time. He's not that same guy. But You hate that you love him. I hate that he's so good, but he's still fucking doing it. He's still scoring huge goals for the Red Bulls, and at this point, if he's a super sub for you, then he's a goddamn super sub, and he just fucking took the energy out of that stadium. Did you mute your mic again? No, you just like like my I, headphones just didn't work for a second. It's fine. It's whatever. I'll just... You were talking and it just went completely silent. I said Bradley Ray Phillips. You know he muted the uh, he, he muted that stadium or he fucking just shut down all the energy in that stadium with his goal, and then I ended it there. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I he muted you. He his goal was so he fucking must have, good. Honest, <laughs> right when you started saying, like, I heard the Bradley Wright Phillips, and then it just like cut <laughs> everything. It, it's happened like a couple times before during this episode, but like not for as long. Like that time, I didn't hear any of the sentence pretty much. So sometimes problems. I just piece it together and answer. Love it. What? It's the internet problems. Love it. Probably, to be honest. Um, but yeah. I mean, this game was awesome. Like, so back and forth. It was just super fun to watch. Bradley Wright Phillips tying the game with essentially no time left. Yosef making it 1-0. It was an awesome game. I mean, you write down here that the Red Bulls uh, all-time have four wins, two draws, and zero losses in the regular season versus Atlanta, which is kind of crazy. Like. When you think about how dominant Atlanta has been since, you know, their birth. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I enjoyed this game a lot. I I don't have much to say more than what you said, but this was the best game of the weekend for sure. Easily. I like this rivalry. I just like when game, rivalries are born from the play on the field. And you could tell, like, there's a bit of hatred between these teams when watching. Look, I think that, you know, the Red Bulls are just an easy team to hate. A lot of fucking teams hate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, the the last point I wanted to bring up about, you know. They, they're good and they've lost like one. Wait, what did you say? No, I was just going on to a different thing, but we can talk about that if you want. I feel like my headphones did that thing again. Yeah, um, did it again. But, like, did you, did you talk and then I just talked over you? No, nah, it's fine. I'll fuck myself. I mean, if it's silent, I can't, <laughs> I can't know. Um, but yeah, I, we can just move on. I don't really have anything that important to say. The last thing I was going to say is that Pitti Martinez once again was non-effective in a game for Atlanta when they needed him to step up. Um, subbed off in the 63rd minute, Frank DeBoer. Rumors came out after the game that Atlanta United was looking to already sell uh, Pitti away from the team, this transfer window. Um, I thought that was crazy, especially since they just purchased him this offseason. Um, but Frank DeBoer came out and said that those rumors are crazy. Um, you know, those rumors aren't happening, blah, blah, blah. So it looks like Pitti might be staying. Rumors he might be going. I don't know where he's standing, but he's not doing well on the fucking field. How about allowing eight goals in two games? Uh, not great. Not great as well. Uh, you know, Atlanta United coming into this week, I think had the best defense in the league. And now, well, at least you're looking at goals allowed wise. Um, yeah, eight goals tacked onto that doesn't make it seem like you have the best goals allowed anymore in the league. I mean, LAFC has the least goals allowed. Oh, whatever it was. Atlanta United was second then. I apologize. (laughs) Whatever. So, they might have been two weeks ago or whatever. We, we're, let's move on to the last two parts of this podcast. I'm going to bring back something that might be more – that was more dead than Bradley Wright Phillips. And this is the fucking MLS Aces power rankings. It's back. I'm glad this is back. Back, baby. Let's go because I think we can actually maybe have a little bit more of a, uh, a discussion. So if you guys don't know what this is, then you've not been listening to earlier episodes and I'm disappointed in you. But I'll explain it again. Jason and I and, and Sam, when he's here, 
we we break down our three favorite teams. That's NYCFC, Chicago Fire, and DC United, and we give a who's the best team, second best team, and who's the third best team of our podcast. First, I'm sorry, let's go with third. Who is the worst team of our three I teams? I think we're going to have very similar... Uh... You and I usually do. And Jason, I mean, Sam's the one that kind of like breaks away and is a little different, so I'm kind of upset about that. He's not here. But who's your who's your worst team of our three? I feel like DC hasn't played in so long. They lost this week to uh, FC Dallas. True. I mean, they're my... Uh, fuck, I'm stupid. Um, the Fire are my third team. I have DC United as my as my worst team on this oh. podcast. Oh, I I like that. <laughs> I think that when Chicago Fire are good, they are better than DC. But when the Chicago Fire are bad, they're worse than DC. And um, you're about fifty percent every game. Which, so I'm shooting, which teams will show up? <laughs> I'm fucking flipping a coin, and I'm saying the Chicago Fire are better than DC. So DC is my worst team, and Chicago I Fire mean, second worst team. I would agree with that, but as far as power rankings go, I think it's still the Fire and last. That's why I have them. I just don't think they've shown as much. I mean, they have one win since May 11th. Okay, why don't don't shit on my power rankings? I just think that if you threw the fire up against DC United, there is a very good shot that the fire could pull away a victory. I like that, especially if it's at home. And um, so I'm gonna guess that. I'm gonna guess that I have DC. I mean, I have uh, Chicago as my second team. I'm gonna guess you have DC as your second team for opposite reasons. No, yeah, what? I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I was kidding, about to throw kidding. my headphones and fucking. <laughs> NYC, no, I mean NYCFC. Yeah, NYCFC. They are in first. They have a ten goal differential. Are you clapping? I'm fucking excited. They already basically caught DC in the uh, in the standings. Almost, they're only two points behind them, but they have a way higher points per game. I think we have the best points per game in the league. Nope. I'll ask you. You're tied with the Union at 1.71. LA Galaxy have 1.79, and LAFC has 2.26. Well, fuck me, but whatever. That's insane, though. 2.26. My team reigns. That's all that matters. Let's move on. Games to watch for next week. A lot of games. We have the next round of the U.S. Open Cup. A ton of MLS action with um, pretty much everyone hopefully back. Some new signings in for some teams. What is, you know, your if you have two, it's okay. What is your one or two games to watch for, for this upcoming week that fans should sit down, get their ass ready, and fucking watch? I have, uh, like, five to six-hour period to watch on Sunday. It's a lot of time. I, so do I. Uh, where I'll the Sounders... What do you say? I said I'll text you during the games. We can chat. The Sounders play Atlanta. Uh, followed by the Red Bulls playing NYCFC. Obviously, Red Bulls versus NYFC, for, for obvious reasons, is uh, a game to watch. That... Hudson River Derby. <laughs> and then Sounders in Atlanta. Both are, I don't know, like I, the Sounders, I'm, they're a little bit struggling down right now. But I wouldn't say Atlanta's, you know, they're both good teams, 
that are both struggling a little bit. Maybe Atlanta a little bit less, but losing 5-1 to the fire and then 3-3 when the way that they gave up that last goal to lose to the Red Bulls is, is not really a lot of confidence for me. Very good picks. I have two games as well. Um, today, you're listening right now on the 10th, Minnesota United hosting New Mexico United in the U.S. Open Cup. Let's I, go! I New love Mexico. the cup. I fucking love the cup. I love that there's two USL teams this far. Um, I think New Mexico has the better shot um, over you know St. Louis playing Atlanta. I think New Mexico can legitimately beat Minnesota. They've done well. They beat FC Dallas last round. I think that they can come out, beat Minnesota, and probably move on to LAFC and lose to them, but it's fine. Um, My other game is on Friday. LA Galaxy hosting San Jose Earthquakes. Two teams with... Very good players, two teams playing pretty well in um, you know their current states, and another rivalry game, the Cali Classico. I I love it. I'm excited for you know a few rivalry games this week, and uh, it's just it's it's another great week. I'm happy that MLS has our full attention and that we're back, and I don't have to stress out about talking about every single fucking tournament going on every single week. <laughs> <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot with the tournaments, but as much as I'm like. I don't know. I feel like they all ended, and I'm kind of just, like, missing that. Like, today, for instance, there was really not much on. I kind of miss it. it. It's it's like that old, like, you know, hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave type of thing. Like, hate to see you go, soccer tournaments of the summer. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> but I am ready for MLS action. But I'm ready to, to focus on one thing, because my brain <laughs> is not able to focus on 15 different things. Um, I went all in... On the World Cup, you and did. that was like my life for a week, a month. You went fucking hard. Like I remember, I was like, "Did you see the fucking Uruguay, um, whatever game?" You're like, "Bro, I haven't watched a fucking game." Yeah, game I was that. like, I mean, I I had to like uh, watch the condensed games for the other games. It's fine. <laughs> hey. Other tournaments. Hey, you're doing a good thing, and you're growing women's soccer, and that's why I respect you, man. I also respect our sponsors for this episode, so I gotta thank Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, other items, probably like, you know, sweatshirts and shorts and stuff too, if I had to guess, Um, for yourself, for your organization, so go check them out at their website at goldengoldpress.com, they have amazing products at a fraction of the price of any other place you're gonna find any custom gear. Also, go check out roughneckscarves.com. They're the official scarf supplier for Major League Soccer, USL, US Soccer, the US Women's National Team. So go fucking pick up a scarf after they won the World Cup. I'm sure they'll have some custom World Cup winning scarves on their site. They would have had US Men's National Team Gold Cup scarves if we won the fucking thing, but we didn't. Um, so go get your custom scarves for your group, for your team, for just for yourself at roughneckscarves.com. Jason. Yes. Episode episode 111 <laughs> is in the books. I want to thank you, bud, and I want to thank the listeners. Peace out, and MLS is back.